when we talk about community involvement and we talk about philanthropy, Michigan Sugar Company is looking to form partnerships with other organizations. It's not just about writing a check and putting your logo on a t-shirt. This is about forming meaningful, deep partnerships. Welcome to Mitten Money, delivering insights from Michigan-based business leaders, big and small. William Zank, host of Mitten Money at TriStar Trust, loves nothing more than creating this masterclass so that you can get insight to guide your leadership journey in just under 30 minutes. Subscribe today and connect with William at mittenmoney.com. What's going on, everyone? You're listening to another episode of Mid Money. I hope you're all ready for a masterclass today. Rob Clark, who's the current director of communications and community relations for Michigan Sugar, joins me to chat about all things community involvement. As Rob describes it, it goes far beyond just writing a check for a local organization. It's about forming meaningful, deep partnerships with other community organizations. After listening to this episode, you'll walk away with actual insights about how to think differently about getting involved how that outreach can be personalized to your business, and what other ancillary benefits it can have for your business. He also happens to be an expert at Wordle, which is a feat in its own. So welcome, Rob, to Mint Money. In doing research for this interview, I saw that you had quite the path to get to your current role within Michigan Sugar, including stops at the Bay City Times and M Live Media Group. And so how do you think these prior experiences helped you within your current role as a director of communications and community relations for Michigan Sugar? That's a great question. So before I came to Michigan Sugar in 2018, I had a more than 25-year career working as a journalist for various newspapers. My role took me from being a general assignment reporter to being the editor of a newspaper. So from a practical standpoint, that career taught me how to write. It taught me how to tell stories. It taught me how to tell your story, to tell my story. It taught me how to listen, taught me how to build trust with sources. It taught me the importance of repetition. And what I mean by that is you can't just tell someone your story one time. You have to continue to tell it to them. It's your job to make sure they know your story, not their job to make sure they know your story. (laughs) It taught me engagement techniques, how to engage with an audience from a more hands-on platform here. My career in Bay City, which started in 2000 as the business editor of the Bay City Times. And part of my job was to cover Michigan Sugar Company and at the time monitor Sugar Company. I grew up in a suburb of Milwaukee. I knew very little about agriculture. (laughs) And so I learned. I got to learn on the job. And I covered the formation of the Michigan Sugar Company Cooperative in 2002 I covered the merger of Monitor Sugar and Michigan Sugar in 2004. So I knew a little bit more than the average bear about this industry and these companies when I came to work here. And it's, I guess, serendipity is a little bit of the right word. This is a company I had always admired. I enjoyed covering this company. I found it very interesting. And so it really felt like a good place for me to come. Yeah, that sounds like a really interesting perspective from an outsider, as you were mentioning with the Bay City Times, being able to go cover the company. And then fast forward 18 years later, you're working within the company, helping form, helping tell the company's narrative, the story and everything in regards to that. So that's really special. And so 
For Michigan Sugar, I understand that the roots of the company are deep in Bay City. What started out as one of 24 local companies over 100 years ago soon grew to become the only remaining sugar company in the state. And then the third largest in the US, which is just mind boggling having that large of a company here in the Great Lakes. And so along the way, it would have been super easy for them to relocate to a bigger city. And so why did the company decide to stay in the Great Lakes Bay region? So actually, believe it or not, the first sugar beet processing company in Michigan was built in the city of Essexville. It was the very first one. That site is no longer there, but there is a historic marker there. And Essexville is a small town just right next to Bay City. So the roots of the sugar beet industry in Michigan are in the Great Lakes Bay region. And when you're in agriculture, that's important. Roots are important. So there's some history there. The real reason why is because of our soil and our climate. We have some of the best soil in the world, in the Great Lakes Bay region, in the Saginaw Valley, in the thumb of Michigan. It is perfect for growing crops, including sugar beets. Our climate is important, number one, because it provides the right conditions for growing sugar beets. It also provides the right conditions for storing sugar beets. So what some people may not know is when the sugar beets are harvested, they get put into very large piles. And those piles are living, breathing things. There's a vegetable sitting in a large pile. So we have to have the right weather conditions to store them. And that means cold, dry weather throughout the winter. As we're slicing the beets, they can stay relatively healthy in those piles. So those are really the two biggest reasons why we're here. The other thing is infrastructure. Interstate 75, that should not be lost on anyone. That's one of the most major highway systems in the country, right through the heart of our region. It makes it very, very easy for us to transport our sugar to our customers. Sure. Yeah, that makes great sense. And what would you credit to the longevity of the company being that over 100 years ago, the company, just as I mentioned with the prior question, the company has just been a Great Lakes Bay staple for such a long time. What would you credit with that longevity? I would go think of a company as being old and rooted in a community if it's 25, 30, 40 years ago, let alone 100 years ago. 120 years plus. It starts with the farmers who call this region home. They are the owners of our company. Just as we have some of the greatest soil in the world, we have some of the greatest and most talented farmers in the world. So when you talk about longevity, nothing happens in that arena without having talented growers. And we've got them here. The heart of the workforce, our growers, is there and always has been. The other thing is we have a talented workforce here. That is of utmost importance. We have to have people. Our company has 980 year-round employees, hire about 1,100 seasonal workers every year. And so if we don't have the people here who can get the job done to process the beets and extract the sugar, then this doesn't work either. (laughs) So Those are the two most critical things in terms of our longevity. The other thing I would say is that the sugar beet industry took root in Michigan as a replacement to the lumber industry, really. Lumber was king for many years in this region. And when the lumber industry came to an end in the late 1800s, there needed to be something to replace it. And sugar beets was an answer to that. And so that really became the lifeblood of what we do around here. And luckily, 
it's a renewable resource. You can plant sugar beets forever as long as you're taking good care of the soil. So there's pride, I guess, is a good word. We've been doing this a long time, and we take a lot of pride in calling this industry a trademark of our region. So how did Michigan Sugar start their community involvement? And then how has this grown into what you do today? Well, I would first say that Michigan Sugar Company has long been ingrained in its communities, long before I got here, a little more than four years ago. Community involvement, corporate philanthropy, that's really woven into the DNA of Michigan Sugar Company. I will tell you that in recent years, a couple things have evolved for us in this arena. Number one, when we talk about community involvement and we talk about philanthropy, Michigan Sugar Company is looking to form partnerships with other organizations. It's not just about writing a check and putting your logo on a t-shirt. This is about forming meaningful, deep partnerships. I'll tell you some specific partnerships that we formed in just a minute. But the other thing that really evolved for us is we started telling people about all the good things we do here. A lot of organizations do great work and many don't tell anyone about it. If you're not telling your story, and we talked about that earlier, then you're missing half the equation there. We have a corporate purpose statement, which is making life sweeter. And we really try to live that every day. And making life sweeter can mean doing so for your employees. It can mean doing so for your customers, your vendors, your growers, and your communities. So this is all part of making life sweeter, our community involvements. So when you talk about giving back, being involved in your community, corporate philanthropy, that's one platform. But We also strive to be a good corporate citizen through thought leadership. And that's where we've elevated our game in recent years. And that thought leadership, we certainly want to have a foot in the door in our region, our state, and even beyond. We're part of a national industry, the sugar beet industry. So that's why you'll see countless numbers of our employees involved in community boards, for example. We're serving on the boards of economic development organizations. We're serving on the boards of nonprofits. It's important that your giving also include giving of your time and talents in the arena of thought leadership. That's what makes communities go. That's what drives things forward. So it's important for us to be leaders, not just in words and in sharing our treasures, but in our actions. Do you mind talking about some of the programs that you currently have in place? I think they're all super interesting, whether it's the factory tours, scholarships, or the Youth Sugar Bee Project. What was the thought process like for even starting any of those projects? I could probably do a whole podcast just on the different projects we're doing. You mentioned a couple. Factory tours, that is a project that was started approximately five years ago. Elizabeth Taylor, who works for us, our ag communications manager, She did an amazing job setting up a factory tour program at our Bay City factory. And what it's all about is literally throwing the doors open to the community to show them what we do, how we do it, and why we do it. That has been a real game changer for us. COVID threw a little wrinkle in our factory tour program for the last couple of years, but we are hoping that this fall we'll be able to restart that tour program. We've taken thousands of people through our factory. And really, without exception, when people leave that tour, 
their eyes are wide open. Literally, they're like, wow, I had no idea what you guys were doing over here. So that's really neat to see how people really can interact with us and learn and grow. So the factory tour program, can't say enough about it. Some of the other things, you mentioned scholarships, and I want to take a minute to talk about that because it's something we're really proud of here. Our company is involved in more than 15 different scholarships that we offer every year. And just as an example, we have a couple scholarships that are earmarked for the children of our growers. We have scholarships that are earmarked for the children and grandchildren of our employees. We have scholarships set up at Saginaw Valley State University, Delta College, Northwood University, Davenport University to benefit the students there. Those are just some examples of the scholarships that we're offering. And like I said, we're really, really proud of those programs. Without going on too much longer, there's a couple other projects I wanted to mention because when you talk about giving and philanthropy, these things, there's different ways of doing that. You mentioned our Young Farmer Program and our Youth Sugar Beet Program. We have a Youth Sugar Beet Project that is really designed for anyone. We get a lot of growers' kids in there for young kids to teach them about sugar beets and about growing sugar beets and about the sugar industry. And then just specifically, we're involved in all kinds of things in our communities, whether it's sponsoring the Michigan Sugar Festival or the Tuscola County Pumpkin Festival or Croswell Pioneer Days. You'll find us everywhere. I mentioned before that it's really about forming partnerships. So one of the ways that I look at what I would characterize as advertising is a little bit untraditional. It's not just buying an ad in a magazine. It's forming a partnership, telling your story. I'll give you one example. We have a partnership with the Great Lakes Loons, and it's called the Michigan Sugar Home Runs promotion. So every time the loons hit a home run during their season, we donate sugar to Hidden Harvest, which is a food rescue and redistribution agency. Last year, they hit 187 home runs. We donated 4,600 pounds of sugar, something like that, to Hidden Harvest. They redistribute it to food pantries, soup kitchens, nonprofits. It's a phenomenal partnership, which could have been, here's a check, put our logo on the scoreboard, we're done. But we tried to create something that goes beyond that. Just an example of one of the things we try to do. So what are some of those other benefits that you've seen for Michigan Sugar through doing all this community support? Have you seen better employee recruitment or retention possibly or other ancillary benefits like that? The main benefit is you get to be a driver of your community. People look to you. It's often hard to measure this stuff. Our corporate leaders come to me and say, how do you measure success, right? And I say, well, there's a couple intangible ways. Number one, my phone rings all the time and it's other organizations wanting Michigan Sugar to be part of their event or can someone serve on our board or can you guys somehow be a part of what we're doing? That's happening all the time now. And that's good because that's part of the thought leadership. You want to be sought out, I guess, for all the right reasons. The other thing that it's done is it's given the general public a much better understanding of what we do, why we're here, and what we're all about. That making life sweeter purpose is something we want everyone to understand. We certainly understand that we're a large corporation 
harvesting a crop every year, processing that crop, we have an impact on this region. And so we want people to understand who we are, what we're doing, why we're doing it. So the community involvement helps with that. It's part of telling that story time and time again, which I mentioned at the top. It's interesting you ask about employee recruitment. One of the things we did a few years ago is we started collecting employee testimonials and you can find them on our website, actually. I have heard from so many new employees that reading the testimonials of our other employees played a huge factor in them deciding to come join our family and work here. So another little piece is in telling the story. It shouldn't always be me telling the story. We've got 2,000 people here that can all help tell our story. So yes, when you talk about the benefits, certainly connecting with employees or future employees is a big part of that. So I understand that community involvement can mean a lot of things. And some people may assume that with creating certain partnerships or certain happenings in the community, whether it's those factory tours, scholarships, or that youth sugar bee project. But I also know that it can involve being involved in local organizations, particular to Bay City, possibly the Bay Future Organization or the local Chamber of Commerce. And so in what ways would an organization be interested in going outside that what you call traditional or maybe one thought of community involvement to going towards another thought about how you can do community involvement? When you talk about economic development organizations, Michigan Sugar is a proud member of all kinds of those organizations. You mentioned Bay Future, the Bay Area Chamber, the Midland Business Alliance, Saginaw County Chamber of Commerce, Saginaw Future. We're involved in chambers in Frankenmuth, Seaboing, Croswell, Cairo. We have to have a presence in all those communities in that way. What working together with those organizations does, and there's really two important things. Number one, gives us a seat at the table to tell our story to those organizations' networks. And they have very broad networks with a lot of people. When you talk about a chamber of commerce, hundreds of members in all different industries, and we get them as an audience from time to time. So that's important. It also means we have a relationship with organizations that are also thought leaders. So that's important. From a more practical standpoint, these are organizations that are trying to grow our communities. They're trying to bring businesses here. We make a product that is an ingredient in many other products. Sugar is sort of a universal staple. If you make another food product, it's probably got sugar in it. So when you talk about economic development, can we recruit other food manufacturers here that can use our product? That's important that we're at the table in those discussions. It also gives us a stronger voice in helping craft legislation because many of these organizations are active in politics. They're working with lawmakers. They have relationships with them. So anything we can do to strengthen those relationships to benefit our company and our industry, we're definitely going to take those opportunities. And then just from a very practical standpoint, these organizations help us. So for example, we announced last summer about a $65 million capital investment at our Bay City factory to build what's called a desugarization facility. And it's going to allow us to extract additional sugar from the molasses that we create as a byproduct of sugar extraction. And Bay Future helped us go to municipalities and get tax incentives. 
They were involved in a brown sugar packaging expansion project. So they're actually doing the work to help us. So they're literally helping us. It goes beyond the other things. They're actually literally helping us to complete some of the important projects that we're doing. We have a number of employees that sit on the boards of these organizations as well. So it goes back to those partnerships. These are true partnerships that we have in our communities. Really cool, especially from the perspective of having a trusted partner going along the way with you to help you out with these certain types of projects too. And so that's wonderful to hear. And so does your community outreach have to be local or could it go outside of where your offices might be located? No, it doesn't have to be local. Although I'd say we have a pretty big footprint in the state of Michigan. We have growers in more than 20 counties. We have growers in Ontario, Canada. We have facilities throughout mid-Michigan. We have facilities in Ohio. And then, like you mentioned earlier, we're one of 11 states where sugar beets are grown. We're the third largest of nine sugar beet processing factories in the country. So we sell our sugar in, I think, 17 different states. So when you talk about what does local mean, for us, local can mean some different things. We're Michigan Sugar Company. The simple answer is, Absolutely, we can go beyond local. So now time for our new lightning round of questions. And so what would you say is your most important daily habit? Wordle. Just kidding. So (laughs) I'm a little bit old-fashioned. I keep a written calendar. And the reason I do it is because I find that when I write things down, I will remember them. I wear a lot of hats in the community. I have four children at home. My family runs a lot of different directions. My most important daily habit is making sure that I have checked my calendar. I've written everything down. I write everything in pencil, by the way, so I can erase it and change it if need be. But a lot of people use their phones. I just haven't been able to do it. I write everything down in pencil, on paper, in a calendar. Every day I'm checking that thing. Sure. Yeah. Whatever works the best and trying to keep you on task too, especially for everything you'd mentioned. And so what would you say is your most favorite TV show or streaming show that you're currently watching or have recently? Ozark. Phenomenal show. I also like Cobra Kai. I would have to second the Ozark recommendation. Jason Bateman is a wonderful actor. Going to our last question, if you could be remembered for one thing, what would that be? Service to others. I was raised that you can always do something to make the world a better place. And it doesn't matter how much money you have. You can give your time and talents. And that is something that is ingrained in me. I feel like every day that I get up, I'm trying to make my mom and dad proud of me. I'm also a member of Rotary, which their motto is service above self. That really struck me when I joined that organization back in the 90s. Whenever I hear people start complaining about things, I always wonder to myself, I feel like you have time on your hands that you could serve, whether it's volunteering or just serving others, serving humanity. I hope that someday they say, Rob really understood what service to the world meant. Such a touching answer. And so for those who want to learn more about yourself or Michigan Sugar, what would be some good resources for the listeners out there? Myself, if you live in this region, I'm around. I get around to all the communities. And so just come up and say hi. I'm always happy to have a conversation with you. I really love talking to people. I want to learn other people's stories. It makes me a better person to know the perspectives of others. As far as Michigan Sugar goes, 
we have a lot of different platforms that you can connect with us. You mentioned our website, michigansugar.com. We also have a sugar brand website, which is pioneersugar.com. That's Pioneer Sugar is the brand of sugar we make. And then you can connect with us on Facebook. We have both a Michigan Sugar and a Pioneer Sugar Facebook page. You can connect with us on Instagram, LinkedIn. We have a YouTube channel. We do a little bit of Twitter, but mostly Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and then our websites. And then when you see us out in the community, come say hi. A lot of times when we're out in the community, we're handing out sugar. So never ceases to amaze me what a two-pound bag of white granulated sugar can do when you show up. People just flock for that stuff. So all kidding aside, we're very proud of what we do here. And we hope people will engage with us and connect with us. I really appreciate you mentioning that. And thank you again for listening to another episode of Mid Money. Please don't forget to follow our podcast so you don't miss when new episodes drop. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Mitten Money, sponsored by TriStar Trust. Subscribe to the podcast and learn more about how William and the TriStar Trust team can guide your small business at tristartrust.com. <laughs>